is what I'm going to be missing now because that story reminds me. I'm looking right now at my New York City、uh, Patrolman's Benevolent Association card that I got from an actual police officer, and that makes me immune to the NYPD. And now I can't take this with me to Utah. Well, well you, but you, you won't you be stopped and frisked、help. in Utah, anyways. So, yeah, actually, <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like with bees.、Uh, the police here are more afraid of you than you are of them. <laughs> So you know, if you if you just don't swat at them, you won't get stung. They will shoot first, though, so just be careful. Well, yeah, it's just like with a bee. You know,、yeah. bee, bee only has one mechanism for defense, and <laughs> and it's to, it's it's its last resort. You know, it's kill, kill. The bee never tries to talk it out. I'll be sure not to bring any skittles along with me. Yeah, don't.、Uh, let's keep the Arizona tea.、Uh, you know, far away. Don't don't、and、go do that. Also, like bees, they produce honey. <laughs> um, there is a substance that oozes off of them, but I wouldn't describe it as honey. <laughs> More like sweat mixed with glaze off of a donut. It's it's cop cop juice, cop sauce. <laughs> This is the Enemy Slime Podcast episode nine, and we forgot to introduce everybody last week, but I'll introduce them now. We have Jared. That that's me.、And、we have Michael. How's it going? And Jay is here via the Beta Slime International Space Station, where he's been studying the effects of zero gravity on terrestrial plant life. Right, Jay? <laughs> is he still here? Oh no, I'm I'm still here. Sorry, something really dramatic is happening in Cherry Tree High Comedy Club right now. <laughs>、oh、yeah, so、God. so basically, he's he's growing cherry trees on the space station, and he's <laughs> he's seeing what happens when the cherries fall in zero gravity. <laughs> it works. It works too, because it's cherry tree high, and he's high in the sky, making cherry trees. I think. I think this makes sense. Yeah, probably makes some sense. I don't <sighs> think it. I don't think it sounds like he's calling from space, though, because that's a lot of high technology, and it's actually, you know, at this, at this point, if you have that much money to spend on on a call, you can actually do pretty good from space. I think he sounds more like he's calling from Somalia. Uh, <laughs> he's like on. He's on a tin can with a string. That's why I'm so worried when he stops responding for a moment because I, I fear that like a warlord, a new warlord <laughs> has taken over and recruited him into his child soldier army. <laughs> Speaking of child soldier armies, actually, I can't segue. But that,、uh, that's actually that's actually my game. But anyway, right, but but there is some news that we can talk about before Let's we do that. Yeah. This is on EnemySlime.com, but Watch Dogs will be delayed until spring 2014. Amazon says they're going to honor the PS4 bundles by sending out the PS4s,、um, and they'll probably just send out the game whenever it's available. So I'm still curious how exactly they're going to do that because technically the the way the law works, as far as I understand it, is that you can't bill someone for something until you ship it to them. So like I have the PS4 on pre-order, but they won't charge my card until they actually ship it.、Um, so I I guess maybe because does the bundle cost extra then? Yeah, the bundle's four sixty because it came with the game. Would they just charge you four hundred? Is that what ha- what happened I, here?、I'm、I think that's the simplest solution: is they'll just、yeah. remove the game and send it to me. That's what they should do. I'm gonna kind of throw a fit if they try to charge me four sixty. The sixty belonging to a game that won't come out until an undetermined time next year. So I have an honest question about this because I wonder. It's like back when、um, GTA Five was pushed back, everyone had all this wild speculation on why, 
And I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. But after seeing GTA Online, I kind of got an inkling of what was going on there. So I'm wondering if uh, the tactic for delaying Watch Dogs has anything to do with Black Flag. I I don't think it does. I, I can't imagine why they would have ever planned it to begin with and then realized, like, oh, no, we can't do that. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I don't know. Every Every time I've seen the game and, like, seen them present the game... It's always been kind of with a very broad scope being like, look at all this amazing stuff. And it feels like a really big game. And so because of that, I think it's understandable that it probably just wasn't ready. You, uh, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to um, get my financial analyst friend on this because I, I wonder what Ubisoft has to say on the inside. Kind of. <laughs> OK, get him on the case. Get him on the case. Get him to get him to corporate espionage. Because I, well, I, apparently it's not espionage. Apparently this stuff is available to the public. And, uh, you know, some of our esteemed colleagues and peers, even though they don't know there are colleagues and peers yet, just ignore doing this research. You know, like they should have access to these, report, these reports and what's going on kind of behind the scenes financially. Well, okay, but if you try to talk to people about video games like a business, they either tune out or get really defensive. So... Well, and that's that's why I don't, yeah, you know, I, that's why I play video games because it's not business. I, I yeah. looked at other stores too, and uh, Amazon is the only one who sort of said that they'll honor the bundle and just send out the PS4 because I think GameStop said they'll honor the bundle, but what they're going to do is let you pick a different game. See, and I, I think uh, that might be what Amazon does too, which is okay in my situation because I haven't pre-ordered any other games. The big problem that I have now that this has been delayed is I don't really have a game I want. I mean, I want I want Black Flag. I'll definitely be getting Black Flag, but I think but if I recall correctly, I actually think it comes out the week after. Right. Well, what they should do is a comedy tree, high comedy club, <laughs> HD. So anyway, speaking of Assassin's Creed <laughs> 4, uh, an Ubisoft director actually sort of mentioned offhandedly that there are around 900 people contributing to Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. That's a so little, that means we'll have 20 minutes worth of end credits when we beat the game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always kind of sickened me because I saw in Assassin's Creed 3 how long the credits were, and it was almost just like watching a movie. Yeah, really a movie much. of scrolling text. I think it's kind of... I don't think that's actually how many people are required to make the game exist. I think that's closer to maybe like 50 but then they have to include like the guy who takes out the trash and right the the all these like weird titles you've never heard of look man you don't know what this 900th guy is doing okay well, that I, guy could be the guy that adds that extra shade of green to every blade of grass <laughs> well and this uh ubisoft games and, and a couple other developers too a lot of them end with like uh People's pets will be included, like special thanks to Snowball. I've seen that before. It's 100 people working on the core game and 800 working on DLC, right? <laughs> I can't think of what game I played. There was a game I played where they actually ha- not only had pets in the credits, but I believe they had pictures of the pets. <laughs> pictures of the pets. Yes, so that I could right. properly envision, uh, uh, what's a dog name? Jake. So I could properly envision Jake. I think that's pretty important, and I think I will make you know put that in the contract for every film I do. At we must have the pets, and we must have their pictures in it. Special thanks to Doge. <laughs> to Doge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Stardock announced that Galactic Civilizations 3 is on its way. Uh, if you oh, guys sweet. have. Yeah, I was going to say, if you guys haven't heard of that, it's probably because I, I think it's only for PC. But it's going to be one of the first games that kind of just says, fuck you, it's only going to be 64-bit, and that's why it's sort of newsworthy. I think plenty of games have done that now, they just haven't said it flat out. They have 64-bit builds usually as a, like an option, but uh, Galactic Civilizations 3 is just saying, fuck you, if you're on 32-bit, it's not even going to run. So I think that's what's different about it. But I think, well, At least they're coming out and saying it, because, you know, I've played games that clearly didn't really have 64-bit in mind. I mean, uh, sorry, that clearly didn't have 32-bit in mind, and that you were meant to play it on 64-bit, but they didn't flat-out say it, and they kept this illusion that it could run on 32-bit systems. Right. I don't think this is a big, like, negative deal eventually. This has to happen just because, I mean, I don't think we're at the point now where games have to use four plus gigabytes of ram but i guess eventually it's going to be like that so it makes sense yeah, right. i don't get why everybody gets all bent out of shape about this because we've been at 64 bit since nintendo 64 uh, oh you oh, so, oh, oh you silly bitch. right no i'm just i'm just saying i'm just saying i i've like like i remember when the secret world came out um um, memory leaks were a huge problem for it, and people complained about it, and it was found to be related to 32-bit systems, but Funcom never really um, addressed it. You know, Outlast didn't flat-out say it was 64-bit, but it was like, you know, you could still kind of run this on 32-bit if you have, like, three gigs and a little extra. You know, and I prefer older games that are gentler on my system. <laughs> uh, games like Comedy Tree High Comedy Club. Uh, shit, I ran out of news. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. What, what games did we want to talk about that's not Cherry Tree High Comedy Girl Playtime Fun? I'm probably ready to talk about Beyond Two Souls uh, a, a little bit more. I know I kind of touched on it last week, but... You touched on it in that we learned that you're a ghost that scares an old woman yeah. and ruins her life. And at that point, at that point, that was pretty much all I'd done was scared an old woman. Which um, is all we really needed to know. Well, yes and no. Uh, I feel like you should know other things. <laughs> as long as it's positive, because this is the if positive podcast. Oh, shit. It's a positive podcast? Well, okay. it's, positive it's more podcast. positive than the Road to Hell or Ride to Hell or whatever the <laughs> fuck it's called. Podcast. Well, let me start with some positive then, which is uh, Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe do a really good job. Um, especially because, well, I think, I think acting is probably harder when you're in a black skin tight suit with balls taped to you. Like, I think that sounds like my fantasy. I think working up some tears, well, actually working up some tears might be easier. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I think that, I think that that whole job would probably be a little trickier and take some figuring out. And like, you know, a lot of, a lot of times a, a mainstream actor will go into voice acting and do a poor job or vice versa, you know? And so, mm. um, that, that kind of stuff didn't happen here. Maybe because of the motion capture element kind of made them better. But either way, they both turn in, you know, really good performances. They're definitely the high point uh, of the game. The low point being all of the things that they're being asked to say uh, by by uh, David Cage and, and Quantic. Uh, is, there, is there any line that particularly sticks out for you? There's actually a whole segment 
that is really so um i think I, I i don't know if i talked about this too much but the whole game is told out of order there's a timeline that you're presented with between every segment and it will show you where on that timeline the stuff that you're about to do takes place uh and it ranges all the way from when jody is a little little kid to presumably when when she bites the dust i don't i don't actually know if that's the case i'm i'm right before the end right now every chunk of this game is a little pinpoint on this timeline and none of them happen in order and it's i feel like they did it maybe to address some problems where like like heavy rain i felt like had a really slow opening right and i think a lot of people complained because like you spend the first hour of that game brushing your teeth and and setting up for a party and things like that and so i think that they tried to kind of address maybe some pacing problems by mixing things up like beyond opens up with a pretty action-packed set piece and and kind of continues on that path but the problem is is that because they keep jumping around the entire time it never really like hits a stride so like you'll you'll be fighting policemen on top of a train and you like jump off the train to escape them and you're all excited and pumped and then it'll it'll cut to black and when you come back you're eight years old and uh you you uh you know will will be like playing with dollies or (laughs) or you get into it you get into a snowball fight i might have an inkling here is the problem with the system that you never get a chance to really get used to ellen page's character because they're so you're trying it so hard to jump you around the story that david cage wants to tell A, a little bit i mean you you get to know her pretty well because there's probably i don't think there's a frame of this uh game that doesn't have her on screen of course, uh, when you're eight year old her, of course, you're you're a different actress. You're not being played by Ellen Page. But there are moments where like you're interested in something because you're like, oh, how'd she wind up in this pickle? And then later on, you find out how it happened. Um, but I, I think it would have been better off if they like opened with an action set piece, went and told the story in order and then, you know, finished strong. But instead, it's just really inconsistent. It's like, oh, I'm excited. And then it's like, oh, I'm a child. And then it's, oh, I'm excited. And then it's, oh, I'm a teenager and I want to go to a party and I'm really sad because I can't. Right. I mean, it, so- it sounds to me, because Grand Theft Auto Five, um, you were, you were kind of jumping around characters, but that was really your choice. And I feel like with each of them, uh, the game made you play each one long enough that you really kind of got to used to who, who they were and what they wanted. And it was more concerned about building them up as characters as opposed to just showing you the set piece, which it sounds like is happening in this game they more just want to show you the set piece kind of i've never been dropped into a situation where i was like well i don't know what i'm doing now because um, they're pretty good at like explaining it's like oh now you're now you're in the cia and you have to kill a guy um right you know they they conveniently like drop you in in places like that but at the same time um it's just it's it it hampers the excitement like you there's a big stretch of this game that could be really exciting but it's broken up by these weird segments where there's nothing exciting happening. Well, again, and we want to keep this positive, but I'm just going to say uh, it sounds kind of like Heavy Rain and especially uh, Indigo Prophecy to me where, you know, sometimes I would just be jumped into it. It feels like the world of David Cage. Like this is the thing he wants to talk about. So I'm like watching this. Like when I was playing, uh, you know, Indigo Prophecy in one minute, I'm the female cop and she's trapped in an asylum with her claustrophobia and it's really interesting and then the next minute i'm the black cop and i'm playing basketball 
Well, and yeah, I mean, but what else would a black cop be doing? Like, you can't fault yeah. David Cage for writing to his strengths. <laughs> Sounds a bit like <laughs> watching TV with your dad, and he keeps like flipping the channel every time you see something interesting. And it's he- it's kind of like that. Um, I, I have to, I have to, I know that we're being positive, but I have to get probably the worst part of this game off my chest. And that is, there is a chapter called Navajo. It's it's about midway through the game. Um, it is almost, from what I can tell at least, it is almost 100% detached from the main narrative. Like, it has pretty much nothing to do with the overall story. So, like I, David Cage. so I don't feel super guilty about kind of spoiling it a little bit. But basically, you're, you're Jody, and you are uh, walking through the desert after escaping the CIA who's looking for you. And you come across a uh, a homestead, a ranch, essentially, where a small collection of Navajo people have have resided, and are are growing crops and and things of that nature. And there's there's four people that live there. There's there's Paul, who is the the dad of two sons, whose names escape me right now. And then there's uh, Grandma, who has another name that I can't keep track of. Uh, and she she doesn't speak. But it, anyway, long story short, I guess my question is, when in contemporary media are we going to be able to present Native Americans without magical ancestors? Oh, God. <laughs> Seriously, will, they went there. Will it ever happen? That, well, even once we've sorted out everybody else's racial things, I think, I think let, let's face it, Native Americans are still at the back of the bus. Man, like... <laughs> Yeah. I, it is just so tired to have the mysticism. And so the, the way that this works is every night, as soon as the sun goes down, the wind kind of like kicks up and the family gets really scared and they like board up their windows. And it's this big mystery as to what's going on. And, sure. and you come to you come to discover this is where. So I call this I call this uh, part of the game where we get a little crazy. That's that's cage and crazy <laughs> because this is this is probably as off the rails as he's been able to get so far in this game. And I think after that, other people maybe have reeled him back in. But this feels like as wild and just nuts as it gets. Um, there is literally a like hundred foot tall sand monster that you <laughs> that you encounter bearing down on this ranch, and it comes to attack you. But luckily, you're defended by five Native American spirits and a spirit wolf who protect you. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're dead, but they're they're still there, you know, in the spirit world. I, th- I thought sand monsters were relatively common out there. Like, I have a super soaker all packed up for when I go to Utah, so I can take care of that. Well, yeah, that- but they're small. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a dust devil. This is not a dust devil. This is like a dust Satan. But I mean, I, We talk about the dust Satan, but so it's, it's, no one's ever like actually a, seen one. It's like the double rainbow, then. Well, and the yeah. thing is, is like they've done such a good job, like building up this kind of creepy atmosphere because you're like, why are they boarding up the windows? Like, oh, this is kind of scary. And and then you go outside and you actually see the monster. And, and at this point, I I remember specifically releasing an audible groan. Um, and then and then spirit Native Americans came and protected me and I released a louder audible groan. Have you have you have you ever noticed how like in these things whenever there's this Native American plot twist you know I don't know how it is in Beyond Two Souls but usually it's you meet the Native Americans and they try to make them contemporary and it's like you have the modern guys who are like no mom and dad we have to go ahead and get into the corporate world and it's all about business now and all that and mom and dad are like no you're forgetting your 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 origins and et cetera et cetera 
And then, you know, and then you find out at the end of the thing, the kid's actually the dumbass because these evil spirits do exist. And mom and dad were right. That's actually very much how, like, like the, the grandma is the one who has to help you uh, banish this ghost uh, to the grave. This is a, a part of the game that really bothered me, too, because there's there's a if, if you do things in a certain order, everyone I don't know if everyone, but at least some people in this chapter will live. And the game is like really hurrying you along. It's like, oh, my God, hurry, get outside, take care of this. Go, 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 go. And what you don't know is if you if you do that, if you follow the game's direction and like go take care of the problem, people people inadvertently die because you were supposed to like sit in the house and and talk to a character. And I can't I don't want to get too much more specific than that. I I guess I pretty much kind of ruined it already. But anyway, two of the uh, Navajo folk that I was chilling with, uh, two of them died. Um, and then what was really weird, the reason why I assume I could have saved both of them is because I think I glitched out the last cutscene because it shows everybody waving goodbye to me and they're all there. <laughs> <laughs> it could be their, their spirit version. I, I thought that, but the game has never portrayed spirits the way it portrayed them, which looked completely normal. It's like, like the this, end of Star Wars. This know. game has spirits and ghosts all the time, but they're always like covered in blue. Yeah, like, like Obi-Wan Kenobi or something. Uh, but these two just but, look look normal, perfectly fine, just waving I, bye-bye to me. I, I think you're not paying attention to the narrative because they are uh, Navajo people are stronger in their spirit powers than anyone else. God, that actually, that makes sense. I mean, it's all that buffalo meat. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> it's pretty tasty. Again, trying to stay positive here, but, and I really like David Cage's games. Like, Heavy Rain is probably one of the, my favorite games. But he has such a hard time, like, picking a lane and sticking with it because you'll be, you know, mourning your dead son in one scene and then you're crawling through a gigantic power plant that's shooting lightning at you. He just, well, if you're I feel go, like he would do a much better game if he just picked one aspect and really focused on that. If you're going to go out of order, like, it should be part of, like, the story. Like, Memento was, I thought, a good movie because it was out of order, but it wasn't, like, shuffled. It was just backwards. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it would have it would have worked really well if if they'd done something like um like in Uncharted Two, you know, the game starts and you wake up and you're bleeding to death and you're dangling from a train that's fallen over a cliff and you're like, Oh, how did I get into this predicament? And and then it just after you get through that segment, it, it starts the game over from the beginning until you eventually naturally arrive there. And that was a way to like that's a way to introduce like a lot of excitement early on. But at the same time, you know, it doesn't break up the flow of the game. And this is the exact opposite where this is just like it doesn't feel like there's any reason that stuff happens in the order it happens. It literally just feels like they're like, OK, we got baby Jody segment done. Now let's do grown up Jody and then we'll go back to baby Jody. <laughs> and uh, and so, I mean, like I said, it's just it, there's a real there's a real clash here between like I'm fighting a Native American sand monster uh, one minute and then I'm looking for my stuffed animal because I can't sleep without it the next did anybody play siren no. uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to play that one but i actually missed that one i actually don't remember that uh it's a survival horror game from japan it's got a lot of problems but i still really like it and one of the things it does well is it has a jumbled timeline you'll start playing you know like halfway through the game and then you'll jump back like a day and move forward it it doesn't make sense until you get to the end but then it really starts to work out as it reveals parts of the story that you know like you played later in the game but you didn't know why you were doing this and that it that one worked really well but i'm holding off on on giving it a review score uh i've i've finished the review but i haven't actually i'm on the last mission 
just about to wrap up the game. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and just see how this plays out and see if it, you know, ties stuff together nicely or if it really, you know, didn't make a big difference. Um, but it's it's been kind of an obnoxious game a little bit. Like in 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 uh, to see The Walking Dead give me choices in such a easy to understand way where they're like, does this guy live or does this guy live? Do you do right. this or do you do this? Yeah. That was really still nice. Make you feel horrible about them, but yeah. This game, there are decisions that you make where you don't even really know that you made a decision. You just didn't examine a certain item or you told somebody something two scenes ago and now this is what's happening. And so mm. like there there are at least a couple parts in that game where I would do something horrible that I didn't want to do. <laughs> And uh, and I don't know how to not do it. And some of those things I think well, you have to do to to make the narrative proceed. Is it like inadvertently your actions have caused consequences that you don't like? Or is it like in Mass Effect 3 where an unclear dialogue choice means that I've doomed an entire race to extinction? Well, so it's early in the game. I'll give you an example. So okay. I, I'm teenage Jody and I want to go to a bar to hang out with my friends. I'm like 17. Yeah, right. So I sneak out via some very inappropriate methods. Uh, and after I sneak out of this uh, military encampment where I am, I get to the bar and none of my friends are there. And there's two guys in the bar that look at me really creepily. And and that's it. It's them and the bartender. And they, you know, I go I go by them and play an arcade machine for a minute. And they're like, hey, hey, sweetie girl, you want to play some pool with us? And oh, I've seen this movie. And I say, yes, I say, yes, I want to play pool with you because I'm cool. I'm super cool. And so I play pool with them. And sure enough, the one guy, you know, gets gets all up in my grill and is like, what up, baby girl? You know, you want some of this K fry C. And uh and so I tell him no, and he like hits me, and it's a, and I crawl up onto the pool table and like assume the fetus position, and it's <laughs> it's at this point that I uh, take over as ghost ghost Jody, and I I spook them by launching tables around and stuff like that. That sounds pretty spooky. And they run for the door, and I don't know if I actively made a choice or not. One of them highlights so that I can mind control him. And I, so I mind control him because I'm like, well, let's do that. That seems to be the only way to proceed. Like they just keep banging on the door if I don't do that. And so I take over his mind and he the only option that I have once I'm him is I can grab a shotgun from behind the bar and kill the two guys who I was playing pool with, one of whom did nothing pretty much. <laughs> and then and then the sweet little bartender, my only option after I kill those two guys is I can turn the gun on myself and blow my own head off. Um, <laughs> And I don't know if just by here's the thing is it wasn't clear. Maybe I could have just waited for like a long time and I wouldn't have done it, but it didn't feel like it. Like I paused Mm -hmm. for a pretty reasonable amount of time and the game is still like, hey, you know, you should really shoot these guys. (laughs) And I didn't want to kill these people, but I the game just didn't really seem like it gave me a a choice. And I think it did. I'm going to go back and play that chapter again and see if I can not kill them. But do you get what I mean? It just wasn't very clear. Like. Like in Walking Dead, they present you with two options, and in in Beyond, they the option is invisible. Like just wait, just don't do anything. Right, and, and then and then happens. And I think Walking Dead's also a great example because you know the choices that it presents you with are very clear, and you can try and process the consequences of each one. And it's always kind of a corner, you know, in Walking Dead, but it at least feels like you're maneuvering um, how you want to go, and it's like never, you know, they never kind of lie to you. You're playing the story and it's like, oh, 
uh, if I kill this character, then he might not fuck us up later. And those are like very real choices. Another game that's really good at being transparent in its choices is Cherry Tree High Comedy Club. Uh, <laughs> I think we can go ahead and mute Jay now. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, anyway, I, I talked about that for much too long, but uh, now you know. Now you know what I think of it. I, I won't give it a score yet. I'm going to see how if everything just suddenly pulls together at the last minute, but I'm not super impressed. Hmm. That's so, a shame. Now let's be positive. <laughs> okay, let's be positive. And as a reminder, this is this podcast is brought to you by Cherry Tree High Comedy Club <laughs> by Capcom. But but not really. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't actually write us a check. So let's take that back. I think they might. <laughs> Maybe uh, you two should harp on Pokemon for like an hour. Because I think if you guys start talking about Pokemon, it might last a while. So if we get it out of the way right now, then... I actually don't have too much to say about it. Um, there is one complaint, and I'll get that out of the way now, uh, which I forgot to it's cover. It's supposed to be positive, goddammit. I know, it's supposed to be positive. <laughs> uh, but I forgot this in my review, and the only thing... We just can't help ourselves. I know, the only, the only problem I have with the game, uh, the only serious problem I have with the game is sometimes uh, that 3D camera can get a little funky on you, and you can't really control it. I think that's the only bad spot for me. But um, what's the what's the what's the name of this big city? Luminous City is what it's Lu- supposed to be. Luminoise, Lumen, Lumen, Lumen something, Lumen, Lumen, Lumen something Aww. French, Lumen something French. And when you're in the city, whenever you kind of exit a store or, or anything else, it'll totally flip the camera around, and it's completely disorienting, and you have no idea where you're going anymore. And it seems to be kind of uh, this minor. Uh, down point of this new 3D that they put in and unless I'm mistaken I found no way to really control the camera oh and yeah, public right. service announcement if you're in that town don't save and exit your game oh yeah or not break save your save I've, I've heard people I've heard people saying that it's only when you save next to a taxi that it corrupts the game because um, okay. <laughs> I did save in the town and I didn't get it I don't know if anybody else plays their, their 3DS like this but I will save but then I never actually turn the game off I just close the lid and put it in sleep mode Oh um, no, I don't do that. I definitely turn it off. So, I because I, I mean, I've I always playing it at home. I've just got the cradle right there, so it's not a big deal to you know just drop it in. But that might make a difference too. Like I, I guess if you just left it in sleep mode while you were in that city, I think it probably wouldn't corrupt anything. If and I have any real complaints, it's all kind of tied to the 3D. Like the movement is weird, but um, other than that, this is the first Pokemon that feels like they took major steps in trying to improve the series. I think since Silver and Gold, that whole line of games, uh, the second generation, they didn't do a whole lot in terms of major improvements. It's all kind of just been graphical, and every once in a while they might throw in a cute little mechanic that didn't really mean anything to anything. And this feels like the first time kind of in years, maybe even a decade, <laughs> they're bothering to change the formula. Yeah, I, I think so too. And actually, like I, I look at the 3D battle system, and uh, I'm constantly astounded that they w- took the time to like render every single uh, Pokemon in it. And I know that like some of them have more animations than others and and stuff like that. But but damn, I mean that had to be a lot of work to get all that it going. To, it had to be a lot of work, and it's refreshing because for the past couple of games, you would always kind of reuse resources, and sometimes you know you might get a Pokemon with a little bit of movement, or sometimes they might make a move look different. But they reused a ton of stuff from game to game to game and just to see them reanimate everything like this and uh you know it makes it a lot more fun it makes it i feel like ever since diamond and um and pearl they've been trying to do this thing where they make pokemon feel a little bit more like an rpg 
you know, with questing and storyline and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's all essentially kind of the same shit that it's been since Red and Blue. Uh, you're going on a journey, earning badges, fighting your rivals, but it feels like each time they try to do something a little different just to make it feel a little bit more alive and like there's more of a narrative. Like I, I feel like the diamond that was um, tied to their legendary storyline and then in black and white, gym uh, leaders had a bigger part in the story. And now in this game, you know, you're traveling with a group of friends. You see them basically wherever you go. So it feels like you're actually traveling with them. Like you're going to you're going to be doing the same shit. But the storyline feels like each kid kind of made their own decision and what they're going to do. So one kid's like, I'm going to become the best trainer in the world. And another kid's like, I'm going to complete the Pokedex. And you're like, well, I'm going to get these gym badges because it's what I always do. <laughs> but it at least feels like uh, they're trying to do something a little different with that. Well, here's a question I had. I played... Pokemon Red, I think, in junior high school, some, you know, 30,000 years ago. But, you know, I, I enjoyed it a lot, but then I never really felt inclined to pick up, you know, any of the sequential copies. Would this be the time for me to get back into it? This would probably be the time for you to get back into it. And I, mm. I kind of felt that way with Black and White and with Diamond and Pearl, uh, especially Black and White, because they did more to make it feel a little fresher. Mm -hmm. But in this game... Basically, if you want to kind of pick up from scratch, it's not just that they made all these changes, you know, so everyone's kind of on the same page again, like the type changes. They introduced the new fairy type, and that means it's going to change the end game because no one can stick to their same monsters that they've been sticking to for the previous generations. Mm. So it's it, so it doesn't just put everyone on a level playing field. If you play the original ones, they have a ton of the original Pokemon in this one. So I've been like, catching them and i've been like oh there's a pidgey there's a duo i wasn't expecting to see these monsters here so you've been catching them it's not a whole bunch of new shit to kind of get used to uh the game gets you started off fast best than any other pokemon so i think what what does it usually take something like an hour two hours to get that first gym badge it didn't take that long this time uh, i think i was about like two and a half hours maybe but i spent some time leveling up and like i made sure to catch all three of the monkeys in the forest and all, all right. that good stuff um i th i think i think if if red if, if first gen was your last gen like this would be a really good one to come back in because there's just a lot of familiar faces and yeah mm -hmm. um i feel like that's kind of what it's intended to do I, I feel like because it's a system jump i feel like they're maybe trying to bring people who skipped the ds like all all five of them you know kind of back on board and be like look you know it's it's what you remember from the game boy and uh, I I think it works really well. It's uh it's been a lot of fun. I mean, at, at its core, it's still Pokemon. So yeah, if 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 you're irritated by like you know only having four moves or, um you know the nature of of elemental weaknesses and things like that is probably not for you. And probably the hardest thing to figure out as you get back into it is going to be uh because they've added so many other types of Pokemon. Uh, figuring out like which elements beat which elements is probably going to be a little tricky like you know you probably remember that fire beats ice and water beats fire but like what does, wait, wait 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 yeah believe it or not um but like but but then you start to get into like but does steel beat fighting or does... <laughs> yeah no no that 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 actually and i play them relatively consistently you know i've had battles in this one where i was reminded that was a type weakness like oh yeah i can't use a ghost move against a normal type that's not something that happens um so it takes it takes a little getting used to but um it's not like it's a hard game you know 
it's, it's, it's not like it's just the it's the newer types that are kind of hard to keep track of like it's, like it's, dark and steel and fairy but see you see to be fair dark and steel haven't been new for a while so it's going to be brand new to you since you haven't played since red and blue the the main game the only the only time you really have to be concerned about types is in the end game when you're going up against other players um you know because they're going to be obsessed with typing and all that kind of stuff but the main game isn't too punishing about types and what i've noticed they've been doing since uh black and white is now when you fight gym leaders gym leaders will fuck you up for acknowledging the type you know so it'll tell you that uh oh yeah this is a water gym so you should bring electric type pokemon and then that gym leader is going to send out that one pokemon that's like immune to electric or has electric moves itself and you're like oh fuck what am i supposed to do here so and the other thing about x and y it, I might be totally wrong about this, but it used to be this. Like, if you had a type, it was ineffective, and it did, like, one HP of damage, or it was super effective, and it destroyed the entire health bar. I'm finding, at least for the early bot battles, that's no longer the case. If it's super effective, it's going to take off a little bit more than it usually would. If it's not effective, it still can chip away an okay amount of health. And it seems like now, if you want to give your Pokemon any real kind of power you're going to have to jump into that, um, you know, base stat training that they have. Yeah, and uh, and they've made that a lot more friendly. I'm sure that some people are going to be up in arms about what they've done with EV training and, and things like that. But the whole the whole thing's just been made a lot more accessible. Like, the game's a lot easier, and, and, and that's good and bad. Like, it's it's kind of less exciting because it's so easy, but at the same time, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a lot of fun to navigate still. I, I would say, I would say try it. If you yeah. if you haven't yeah. uh, if you haven't played Pokemon for a while, this and adults would... adults still play it. Adults with kids that I know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause, yeah I mean, because adults are now the they are the built-in Pokemon fan not, base. <laughs> and the trainers have even gotten older to reflect that. Not a whole lot older, but they are older. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's about right. It feels like it feels like a series that's kind of grown up with me a little bit. Uh, it's still very much geared towards kids, but. Yeah. But at the same time, like I, I know a lot of people still who well, uh, who play Pokemon and like rushed well, hey, out to get it. An NPC gave me like the darkest line ever earlier. We sometimes feel so empty that we can't even stand the color of the sky. And I wonder if Pokemon ever feel the same way. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this actually happened in game. I don't know why that was just a well-timed bark. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I thought it was gonna be darker than that. I thought it was gonna be like, yo, I'll uh, like a hobo in in a back alley. He's like, I'll I'll trade you a totodile for some crocodile. Uh, there's also crocorock. <laughs> okay, oh, so crocorock. No wait, there is one that's crocodile. So if you just if you just spell it with a oh no crocodile. Sorry, I don't know my Pokemon. I guess okay, crocodile. Crocodile, crocorock. I don't know. The point well, is, you're, you're you're trying to take this back to Pokemon, and I want to talk about hard drugs. So there's this crocodile, right? So I'm talking about it with my friend, and uh, he can't understand why people take this drug. You know, you ask why people take this drug when these are the same kind of people that are willing to blow themselves up with cough medicine and that like pooping in jars and sniffing them. Um, like like Jankum? Yes, yeah, like Jankum. I'm pretty sure Jankum was just like uh, an invention that that may or may not actually be real. This is our positive podcast. I wonder if you can poop into a Pokeball. <laughs> and then when you throw it out, it just it stays in its shape when it when it comes back out again. Oh, well, I mean, you have to Surprise. wonder where on go to the bathroom. 
Well, there is um, there is Muck, the Muck the Pokemon. <laughs> yes, kind of already like which a spelled backwards is come, and that's dirty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yes. you're thinking of of a, a different Pokemon that's something spelled backwards. <laughs> a plus. <laughs> so, who wants to hear about the Wolf Among Us? That is what I it's do. called, right? I, I actually really want to hear about this game. <laughs> yeah, every, I do too. Yeah, every time I go to say the title, it keeps like tripping me up because it just seems like a weird game title. I guess you you want to call it the Wolf Within. So <laughs> yeah, like like oh. Prince of Persia, Warrior Within. Yeah, Wolf Within. And this is like, so what, what is this? Because this, I know, I know, it's based on the comic book fables, but right. um. I mean, I guess I can give like sort of a crash course in fables, even though I know nothing about it. I the only thing I know about it from what the game has taught me, and it actually does a good job of teaching you, just like in a very basic way. Like there are all these like fairy tale characters, like Snow White and and I, I guess Little Red Riding Hood. There's the the woodsman or huntsman or whoever that dude is who saves s- someone. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the huntsman. Yes. Basically all these fairy tale creatures and they are all like living in apartments and shit because I guess they just wanted to like get away from their pasts and just live normal lives. The problem is for a lot of these fairy tale characters, they're obviously not human or they don't look human. So they have to buy this magic spell that wears off. It's called glamour, I think. Um, so glamour makes you look like a human and there are a lot of these characters who obviously aren't making a lot of money so they find it difficult to buy glamour and apparently the the strength of the spell is like not going up in accordance with the price so for instance like at the beginning of the game you come across like this frog who (laughs) is like dicking around out in the street and you're like what are you doing get in the fucking get in the fucking building you're not supposed to be out here and he's like i can't afford glamour and then you have to like either tell him it's okay or you have to tell him well fuck you stay in here until you get your glamour or whatever I, people say that to me all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so you play as the big bad wolf who is kind of i guess the caretaker slash sheriff of of everybody else um in that you're sort of just going around very lightly policing everything people basically just get out of line because these characters are nothing like they are in like the fairy tale books they they have like drug problems or they're like fucking each other behind each other's backs uh or just engaging in strange (laughs) human behavior so far the game has been interesting because i haven't yet played any of these adventure games that are like the walking dead where it mixes between sort of these quick time events and making decisions and and having to make decisions with like this this bar that's like it's gone in five seconds and if you don't answer by then then your answer was silence which is an acceptable answer I think in 99% of cases, you don't want to answer with just silence if you want to have any control over the situations you're in. Although I'm sort of curious what it would be like if your answer was silence to everything for the entire game. <laughs> like if right. people were just talking to you and you're just So I have a, I have a quick question, especially since you haven't played um, the other ones like it. Uh, in Walking Dead, every choice you can conceivably make ended up making you feel like a horrible person. <laughs> Is that the same case for the Fables game? Um, I gotta play that. 
how many choices, like dialogue choices, do you typically get in The Walking Dead? Um, I want to say like four. Okay, so you get four, maybe maybe three. Right, you get you get three choices in The Wolf Among Us, and then the fourth choice, which you can either choose to be silent or you can just run out of time and be silent. Um, it's sort of the same thing. I would assume that the only things that you say that actually stick or that are going to have consequences are when at the top of the screen after you pick it, it says like, like you say, fuck you, get your glamour. And the frog is like, and then it says at the top, he's remembered what you said about this. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. that's how you know this is going to make you feel badly, <laughs> I guess. But see, Some, I, sometimes. see something, something, something about that, though, because they do that a lot in The Walking Dead. And um it never felt like they actually followed through on it. Like, like the first, the first episode in the walking dead had me traumatized about that. Like, you know, so-and-so will remember this. I'm like, Oh fuck. Um, (laughs) It's like warning you or something. (laughs) Right. Right. And then I got through the rest of the series and I guess sometimes things would come up again, but those never felt like uh, the major consequences. There were other choices I made that felt like major consequences, but never the, you know, X is going to remember this or all that kind of stuff. Some right. some of it was wasted a little bit, but I, I I think that like the the biggest example of of those choices, like coming back to roost, is is probably embodied within Kenny. Like yeah. he he Kenny remembers every fucking thing you do, <laughs> yeah, and and has no problem letting you know that he didn't like it. You know, three episodes later, um, right. Right. and a lot of those choices do come back again, just simply in the form of like the character's overall attitude towards you. So like how you treat yeah. Omid and, and Krista will, will just depend whether or not they're going to be coming with you on the final adventure. And it seems like a lot of it just comes into tallies like, Oh, you made him happy this many times, but you made him sad this many times. And so <laughs> now they're not your friend. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess the moral of this is that they are in fact keeping tabs, even when they don't say, Oh, I'm, I will remember this. <laughs> Even if they don't right. use that. And there are actually a couple times in The Walking Dead where that'll happen where you'll say something and it'll be like, this character will remember this. And then like an hour later, that character's dead. <laughs> it's like, well, they would have remembered it if you weren't an asshole and yeah, killed so, them. I mean, right. <laughs> right. But it was He cursed tracked. you with his dying breath. Well, and then and then this is this is slightly off topic, so I apologize. But at the end of The Walking Dead, something happens and you're with this little girl and, the, little gr- and it, the game's telling you this little girl is going to remember a ton of shit. Um, not releasing season two, so I'm wondering if she comes back and if she actually remembers any of that shit. Yeah. Maybe. The arts, Did you finish the chapter yet? Or I I got yeah. halfway through the chapter. I haven't had time to like really sit down with it because something always comes up, and I've been so busy with programming okay. and shit. But because um, the other thing, the other thing that I think they're probably going to keep intact that's always really interesting is at the end of the chapter. Uh, I don't know if The Wolf Among Us has this, but I assume it does. They'll show you all the choices you made, like the real key ones that they kept track of. And then it'll show you how you compare on the scale to everybody else. Yeah, so you can see if you're a sociopath or not. (laughs) Yeah, so basically you can find out just how fucked up you are. Well, basically (laughs) the way it works is uh, for this first part that just came out, it has within it, it has like four chapters. They're not really markers of anything necessarily. Uh, I think like once the first chapter was over, nothing actually happened. It was just it was just like a, a graceful way to cut to another scene. But um, I did already make one choice, and, and I'm not actually sure that it was my choice that did it. But I'm ninety percent sure that I fucked this up. So I've already experienced the whole you made this choice, and now you feel like an asshole about it. Uh, because I wanted everybody to be able to coexist happily, but apparently we can't have that. 
Um, nope. Even after you beat the snot out of the person who's being a dick and like <laughs> to within an inch of their lives, <laughs> they don't, they still want to be dicks. Really? Oh, come on. Maybe, maybe you'll get lucky and, uh, you know, anybody who dies because of your consequences will, will, will be back to wave at you. Well, the thing about, um, <laughs> the thing about, I guess, fables in general is at the, well, at the beginning of the game, I, I'm going to, I'm trying to explain this so that I'm like explaining the situation, but not the choices. So at the beginning, you go up to the second floor of this apartment and there's like a commotion behind the door and you choose how you want to open the door you can either open it or knock on it or kick it down or whatever and it's the huntsman beating the fuck out of some human chick naturally and snow white maybe no 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 no. (laughs) okay she's just like a they call what do they call the mundies so there's like yeah Mundies are basically the word for just humans. Humans, yeah. yeah. So he's just beating the shit out of this chick, and you get into like this. I don't know if you have to, but I I did get into a long, drawn out like fight with the huntsman, where I'm just like pummeling the living shit out of him and throwing him around the apartment, <laughs> <clears throat> which actually felt sort of good because, although I usually don't like quick time events, this felt more involved. So when I'm fighting him, what's actually going on is you do have to do like just the sort of typical key press to dodge or whatever but then you get a chance to attack and what happens is there's like a circle over where you're gonna punch him and then you have to move your mouse over that circle but like you're being struggled with while you're trying to do that so you're like cursor is sort of jittering mm-hmm. but you're trying to move over that that circle and then once you get there you click and that's how you actually get to move it forward and continue to pummel at them and and I had to do that probably like 30 times. So it was quite a brawl that went on like right at the beginning. Um, I don't know what happens if you miss any of them because I did an extremely good job whipping his ass. I don't know if it's possible to like mess up and just like completely ruin it. Here's the the interesting thing because especially since we were talking about choice in Beyond um, uh, Souls and Walking Dead, I guess, quote unquote, rewarded you for starting to think outside the box in quick time events, there weren't too many cases you could do it. But in some cases where you went, you know what, maybe I don't want to shoot this person. And if you just did nothing, then The Walking Dead would have a reaction to you doing nothing. Since I haven't played uh, The Wolf, then I'm not really sure how or when that could show up. But, uh, you know, it's just another interesting thing. I can explain already that, again, this, I don't know if it's like this in The Walking Dead, but the Wolf Among Us, like, it, it throws all those gameplay aspects in very quickly. So, like, I already know that when you're in these fighting sequences, uh, you have lots of different choices. So, um, you know, you might be in a situation where you're just like, I don't know, you're just like choking them out or whatever. And your only option is just punch them in the face. But then a lot of times maybe you'll be like separated from each other and uh, the camera kind of zooms out to the overview of the room. And you have like numerous hot spots around the room, like... Do you want to throw him into the mirror or do you want to tackle him out the window or <laughs> and, right. and so you do get to make a lot of choices that way. I don't know. This is something where I'm going to have to play it over again because now I'm curious as to what I made what I did was a choice and what wasn't a choice aside from the obvious. Isn't that going to kind of ruin the magic though a little it bit? Does, yeah, it does. But it I'm, really, I'm just I'm like, just I way too like fucking curious dead. though. 
See, I mean, well, I like, feel like with Walking Dead, once I made my choices, I'm like, that's it. I'm not going to go and replay the chapter. I'm going to live with what I've done. <laughs> but your first, your first playthrough should definitely be like that. Like, like take whatever save you get at the end of it and just, just yeah. accept it. You I'm, I'm going to try, but yeah, I, I guess I'll do it. Unless it's like a really long wait until like the second episode, I might just end up like getting really restless and try just doing it again. But um, I'm okay so far with what's happened as a result of my choices. I'm trying to be like, I'm trying to be tough but fair to people in general. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, you've got all these fucking issues to deal with, and a lot of half of these fairy tale people are dicks. And yeah. you yeah, go into your. Like yeah, you go into your apartment, and one of the three little fucking pigs is like smoking on your sofa, and it's like, you're not even <laughs> supposed to be here, but you don't want to be a dick to him because then he just like gives you this look like. Like he's just so disappointed, and he's like, "You've really turned into a dick, Wolf." And it's just like, "I well, I'm sorry, but he's like, you won't even give me a drink." It's like, "Well, okay, I guess I'll give you a drink." And then he's like, "Happy, but he still sleeps on your floor." And why would you get? Why would you give him a drink? Don't you want to eat him? He was. He gave me these eyes that were just like, he "Don't eat me, eyes." I was telling. I was. I was kind of just trying to get him out of my apartment because I. I don't know. I. I don't even know what the point would be. I just. I just didn't want him there. But I mean, then he for, starts like putting me on a guilt trip, and and I felt compelled to just let him stay, and I gave him a drink. <laughs> and a, for real, is, he might he might be a fucking ghost pig, so you don't want to piss him off. You don't know that. This is be. this is a really hard game to have explained to me, especially because I've never bothered with fables at all. I don't even know I mean, if I'd heard of it before this game came out, and so fables, like, yeah. So like when I describe Native American sand monster to you. <laughs> I'm describing it. It, it. The stuff you're saying back to me sounds very similar. Like there was a pig on my couch smoking a cigarette. And it, well, I was it's mad one of the. Him. Well, it's one of the three little pigs. He's like he ran. He yeah. keeps running away from the farm, basically, and he keeps coming back to your place to like. Which crash. is where? Which is where? If you look at the canon for the three little pigs, that's the first place that he would run. <laughs> you know what the best way? The best way I can actually describe this game, or I guess fables. I don't know if any of you saw this kind of old movie. It was like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but a lot more adult. It was cool called cool, cool World. Cool World. It's exactly yeah, like Cool yeah, World yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got the that's a, that's a really good description. You got the fables, Noids and the Doodles, and then here you got the Fables and the the Mundies. And, and see, I'm actually since I'm actually really looking forward to your, your review because I am not only a fan of Fables, but I'm a fan of uh, Telltale's list of games that they've released, and not everything's a winner. But <laughs> I'm a bigger fan yeah. of more than I'm not, so I'm yeah. I'm pretty I'm actually looking forward to well, trying. That's this why game. I was that's why I was a little I was hesitant because you're like you said, Telltale Telltale is usually more good than bad, but it does it is hit or miss. Like I know the Back to the Future game I didn't like at all, and Jurassic uh, Park is pretty weak. <laughs> and then the like the very first game I think they made was like Bone Out from Boneville, and I didn't really care for that either. But, but like they uh, they did okay with Monkey Island and their Sam and Max stuff is all right. Yeah, they uh, didn't they didn't push anything though, so it was kind of like, well, here's an old adventure game that you can play because <laughs> they, they kind of like took away interactions and things, so you just click on and stuff to do stuff. Yeah, with no yeah, real true. intent. But um, uh, the graphical style, I just have to mention because it looks fucking great. And usually, I think that cell shading and things like that look like a failed attempt to recreate a sort of drawn comic book style but here it just works so like if i were to take a screenshot of any i'll close my eyes and just hit print screen and 
and it'll look like a hand-drawn frame from a comic book for the most part. So it looks. I gotta really say, when you good. started describing it, I was looking on Google for like a gameplay image, and I'm like, well, these are all pictures from the comic book. Yeah, and these all look like <laughs> I got on YouTube. And it looks really good. Yeah, it's very nice, and part of that's because you know they have the 3D characters, but then they have like sort of these nice hand painted like 2D background sets and things mixed together. But overall, the visuals that you get are super nice. I would imagine that if the game is continuing to go this way, aside from any maybe story hiccups, I would probably give this, I would end up giving this a four to five. I can't see giving it anything less than that at this point. So it's mm-hmm. it's definitely good. And if you're interested, then I'd say just do it now. Well, if it, if it goes like The Walking Dead, it'll just get better too. Yeah, so, because I, it, that definitely never got stale for me. No, and like I said, like that that's a series where it just like I said, it gets progressively better and better and better. So hopefully that's something that they can carry over with this. Um, there's also like an inventory, but I'm I don't know, you pick stuff up, but then I don't know how you use stuff from your inventory yet or if you even can, except for like uh I don't know, because things that you can interact with, there's like a circle over them and then one of four directions to kind of change what your interaction with that object is um i guess maybe it's just preset like i have a i found a matchbook case and i don't know what it's for and i can't like use it in any way or interact with it or inspect it so um see here here you are like ripping on me talking about how long we're going to take with pokemon here you are i was gushing over fables (laughs) it's pretty fucking good i mean (laughs) i'm excited about this so uh i just need to have more free time to actually finish it up although i'm going to be sad when i do because then i have to wait for episode two to come out they're oh, you can start they're pretty good though comics. you can you know and they, you can also play walking dead telltale's actually been really timely with uh with their episode releases like it sucks that they don't give like an official date or anything but i don't i don't remember ever feeling like it was an agonizing wait to get to the next episode of the walking dead like i feel like they churned them out pretty consistently um, you know, just every every couple months, I I could look forward to that. Uh, and I don't know if I'm going to write any articles about it or whatever. I'm definitely not going to do any reviews of the individual pieces. Yeah, I'd say save a review until the end and maybe just do yeah. a quick quick write up on what you thought yeah, of the first one. At this point, I can just I can keep I guess just keep everybody updated in the podcasts or something, or maybe do a write up. Well, yeah, I don't think I don't think a write up on the first one would be bad. I don't know that there will be a lot to say in the middle. Like, uh, you know, it's kind of just more of the same. The game's not going to change that much. I, I don't think, you know, I guess I guess let me know if it turns into a big poop, but <laughs> yeah. it'll it'll probably be okay. It, the only way that can happen is if it's like Indigo Prophecy, but it's already magical, so. <laughs> yeah, I probably won't go for that route. What about poor dear Michael? What um, mm-hmm. what What has befallen you? Well, I don't want to talk about it too long because we're already starting to run pretty late. But uh, I just want to say after listening to what I had to say about Etrian Odyssey last week, I think I really did a, a disservice. It's not really a, the game that I would play, but it is a really well done game for what it is. So if you think that you would like it, and I'll get into this a lot more in a review eventually. I'm still working on it, but it's pretty well done. So just because, you know, I'm stupid and can't describe the game to save my life doesn't mean it's a bad game I hate so that it, does mean that it. does mean that there is some hot canine action in there 
Not yet, but I'm still maybe 15 hours into it, and I'm still not very far. Are you now only playing the game just hoping for that hot dog sex? <laughs> well, I feel like it's going to go somewhere, but even you know, 15 hours into the game, I feel like I'm still kind of trying to get to that first story arc. Like It still feels like I'm in the beginning. Do you, do you know what your job is? Because I remember last week you weren't quite sure what your job was. There are all these mysterious earthquakes, and it's my job to figure out why, and I think it's in the second dungeon. Uh-huh. But that's the extent of what I know that I'm doing. So there's there's probably a big reveal when we find out what causes these earthquakes. I hope so. I'm pretty invested at this point. But it's a dragon. Oh, that'd be cool. Are there, with that. are there fantastic creatures in this, or is it pretty grounded? I mean, you know, I fight... Uh, all sorts of different monsters, like, you know, early levels you fight, you know, bugs and giant crabs and rats. Yeah, by rats or mole people, I guess. Maybe not rats, but I did fight an evil deer called a Rageolope, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> Rageolope? Yeah. Well, man, you know, sometimes that title for the podcast just jumps out at us. So, so okay, what I what I miss? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what you fucking missed, and I'll tell you what you you missed: Rageolopes, and you missed it so that you could <laughs> launch, so that you could launch cherry high comedy, whatever, in the middle of a podcast. No, that's you not shepherd. what happened. Everything, everything crashed. Yeah. Uh-huh. So no, no, no. My entire my entire internet crashed. <laughs> so what you're seeing is Steam getting back online. And jumping right back into the game because I am the game itself really, is still open. I am really distressed <laughs> that you are so hung up on an RMXP game. Cherry high rage loop. <laughs> See, that's I'm like like everything went off on at once except for Cherry Tree High Comedy Club. I think this whole, the client, this whole thing the is a cover. Tree, the client for Cherry Tree was still up, so when Steam launched again. That's what it was telling you I was doing. So, so is Jared you know saying that like? you're playing like rape fantasy simulator and trying to cover it up, like how you might be looking at a porn magazine, but you this got is, like a book over top will, of it? I will this tell is. you right now, this sounds like a mom caught you masturbating story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not me. It's just my arm hurts, and I have to, you know, uh, I have to rub this this salve on it. Well, you know, I had to run <laughs> suddenly there was a dick off of a completely different computer from my main shit, right? So. Why does it smell like marijuana in here? I don't know. Why does it smell like magical girls in here? And you know what? If if I'm into Cherry Tree High Comedy Club and that's just my thing, who are you to judge? I don't. I I don't. It's just just That's what we made this podcast for. I just met Stan the Comedy Man, and this is a really important moment in my life for me. Well, good. If he's a man, then he will surely be funny. (laughs) Oh okay, back goodness. back to Entry and Odyssey, because there's just one <laughs> yes, more thing yes, that I want to yes. say. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's really not the type of game that I would play if I weren't trying to review it. But I will say, someone has definitely, on the development team, has definitely played a lot of RPGs and been really pissed off at them, and has learned from those mistakes. Because it is the most considerate game in terms of not pissing you off. Uh, for example, like I said, you have to draw your own map, which is incredibly tedious. But if you should get killed in the dungeon... It'll give you the option to save all your map progress, so you don't have to do it again. Well, that, I that's felt that was nice. really considerate. That's or nice. when you go to neat. the merchant to sell things, if you have items that you have for a quest, it'll remind you, like, you need these for a quest. Don't sell them. So Good. someone has had these oh. problems before and remembered them when it came, it came time to make the game, which I thought was really good. Could I sell the items anyway? Like, even though it says don't? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but then you can go back and, you know, mine the dungeon for them again. 
Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So that so it's kind of like it's kind of like consumables that you find would be used for a quest, right? It's something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah. It's not. Well, I just I just thought like you know because even going back super far, like you, you you get like the ancient legendary sword and you accidentally hawk it for five hundred gold or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know that I've encountered any truly unique items, so I don't know about that. But so so one thing that always always bugs me out about um, dungeon crawlers is mm. the difficulty. I can I. You know, you'll get used to one floor of the dungeon. This is part of why I hate them. And then you get to the next floor of the dungeon and everything kind of absolutely trashes you. Is it like that in this game at all? No, it's pretty good about maintaining the difficulty. You know, I took some time and leveled up at the beginning of the game. And I think it's kind of carried me through without having to do a whole lot of grinding from there on out. Uh, it's getting a little bit harder. But, you know, really the thing about this, another thing that's really actually pretty good about this game is that if you encounter a difficult enemy... You really can employ tactics effectively to make difficult battles much more manageable. Like, for example, one of your characters has abilities that bind. You can bind an enemy's head or arms or legs. And, like, say, if the Rageolope's legs are bound, it can't use its magical spell that causes confusion. So that makes the battle a lot easier. You know, it takes away its nice. most powerful. Shouldn't the Rageolope cause rage? Maybe that is what it's called, but it it's basically, you know, the standard RPG confusion, attack enemies or friends. But, like, uh, uh, like Berserk, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what uh, there we go. There you go. That all makes sense now. <laughs> so, so it should be a Berserkalope. Let's uh, <laughs> try. In, in, in general, in general, I do think this is a pretty positive podcast because it's like me and jared have a game we like you know and we think you guys should try it and i do i have i have always wanted to try an atrian odyssey and i do want to try out this fables game so hey I, you know you know what else you should try what, what else should i try you should try beyond two souls I, I i don't i don't think i'm going to try beyond two souls it's got um, um it's got sand monsters and do you know what else you should try what should i try cherry tree <laughs> high comedy club <laughs> to be fair jared you walked right into that <laughs> That's my fault. All right. Well, How are we doing on time? Do we have time for Sherlock Holmes, or is that next week? We are at an hour, ten minutes. Ah. So we have zero time for anything except for Jared to find something interesting to say right at the very end. Okay, well, I, I will, <laughs> we'll, we'll let Michael go first next week so that he can yes. you know, spit all that out. I'm sorry. Uh, it's I, it's I an old game, slurge. but I do have things I want to say about it. I'm actually really curious about it because you're... The things that you've said about it are in direct contrast to a lot of the things that I've heard about it. So I'm like I'm Mirror Moon. Up. Yeah, like <laughs> Mirror Moon, uh, except in the opposite direction. <laughs> All right. So if you're listening to this, you should you should go into your web browser and you should open up uh, your email client of choice, Hotmail, Gmail, Yahoo Mail, whatever you're feeling. And uh, and go to that two subject there and type in contact at enemy slime. Dot com, and then I want you to write in the in the email. I want you to write what you feel right now, like just what what do you feel, and then send that to us, uh, and we'll read it for the whole internet to hear. So don't, don't make it too personal, but that's how you can get in touch with us, and that's how you should get in touch with us. You should always be touching us. <laughs> um, now, after you're done with that, you should go follow us on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com/slash/theenemyslime. You should, of course, follow us on Twitter as well. It is also The Enemy Slime. And I think if you do both those things, 
I think your life will, first of all, be a lot better. And I think that there's at least some sort of chance that a Nigerian prince will send you uh, some money. If you don't do at least one of these things, Jay's going to start talking about Cherry Tree High for an entire podcast. I could actually do that for an entire podcast if you like. He can do it. That will be our I, Halloween I, I, horror episode. I, I was... <laughs> Was, my my original plan was since my friend went through the trouble of getting me this game was to review it instead of Pokemon as sort of a bait and switch. And I started playing the game and I started grabbing my screenshots. And what actually ended up happening is I trolled myself um, <laughs> with how bad the game was. Now this doesn't this game this game doesn't uh, play on a laptop, does it? Uh, it probably does. Because I'd really I'd really feel safer if it stayed in New York. <laughs> see people this could go for an entire podcast if you don't contact us that's true send us an email about your experience with cherry high comedy tree club whatever that <laughs> shit is tell us tell us what you think about it tell us uh you know tell us about miley and her adventures yes okay we are out all right there we go take it easy all right.